Hey everyone, it's the Monty Man, and you are about to take part in the experience, the strength, and the hope of this episode of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Three, two, one, zero. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come here for a minute. I want to talk to you. Bang your head against the wall. Can't find peace of mind. Brain needs an overhaul. Hi, Dave. Bonehead, brain dead. Hi, Denver. Bonehead. You can't think straight when your heart is in pain. Turn around, hit the ground. Time to lay your burden down. The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. That's right. And now, here's your host. The man. The man. The myth. The myth. The legend. Maybe. The Monty Man. I'm telling you the truth. We're all the same. Saved by grace is the name of the game. Turn around, hit the ground, time to lay your burden down. Well, welcome to another fine episode of the world's original recovery talk and recovery music uh, radio station. KHLT Recovery Broadcasting and the Take 12 Recovery Radio Shows. Denver Wolf is here. Good morning. Dave Fleming is here. He's sleeping. <laughs> Wake up, Dave. <laughs> Relax. Everything's going to be okay. Isn't it? For sure. Wow. Okay. All right. We're all praying. Well, <laughs> hey, listen. It is, uh, once again, it is National Recovery Month. September. And uh, speaking of National Recovery Month, because that's what I'm speaking of at the moment, (laughs) if you would like to participate, and of course everything is, you know, live streaming now because everybody has got the fear of COVID going on. That's where we're at. Right. Um, But listen, Recovery Happens San Diego, which is a huge event every year. Of course, this year it's live streaming. Uh, it is going on uh, this Saturday uh, at 10 a.m. and again at 11.30 a.m. And this is all live streaming. If you'd like to register, it is free. Uh, go to Take12Radio.com and click on the banner that says Recovery Happens San Diego. Now, you can register two ways. You can click on the dark blue strip that will register you through Facebook. If you're not a Facebooker, booger? Booker. 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 Then you can just click on the Zoom uh, button, and that'll register you through Zoom. Zoom. And and, uh, you can attend Recovery Happens 2020 San Diego. Um, Some of the speakers, uh, Dave Brandon uh, Bromo is his nickname. Brian Duncan, uh, who does uh, our show, Radio Rehab, The Road to Redemption, will be speaking. 
Uh, I think it's Gene McAllister, Scott Silverman, TJ Woodward, and yours truly, the Monty Man. We are all speaking at the Recovery Happens San Diego 2020. Uh, music and performance by Lisa Sanders and Brown Sugar. And Camilla Bell will be doing the national anthem. So check them out. Go to Take12Radio.com and click on the register, the blue register uh, for free link. And uh, then at 10, 10 o'clock and 1130 on Saturday, September 12th, be a part of Recovery Happens San Diego. There you go. Awesome. In oh, celebration oh. of National Recovery Month. Oh, wow. All right. Today's topic, this week's topic, um, is you can't fix what you don't acknowledge. Kind of self-explanatory, really. If you don't acknowledge an issue, does that mean it doesn't exist? I remember when I was a teenager and I knew I was going to get in hot water and I tell myself, (laughs) you know, when I get the whooping, I'm just going to pretend like it's not happening. And then it won't hurt. How'd that work out for Not you? well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it still came. It, 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 it did still come. Stick a book in okay, your Okay, everybody, stop for a minute because oh. I got a little ditty to introduce this part Uh-oh. of the show. <clears throat> yeah. Monty the whiner, Monty the whiner, <laughs> whines about everything he can think of. Monty the whiner, oh, boy. Monty the whiner, don't you know you're powerless over everything? That's right, everybody. It's yeah, that time right. again where Monty whines about something he has absolutely no control of. <sighs> Let me guess. You're going to guess? It's, it's not going to be about a burger or something. No, is it? it's not. All right. No, no. Good. Um, <laughs> so just so everybody knows, it is official. I am now officially a racist. Oh, yeah. I read that. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. that part of the acknowledgement? I guess. You fix what you don't acknowledge? <laughs> I, 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 yeah. guess, I guess yeah, so. No official. So it was really interesting because... Um, here we go. You know, I wanted to stay out of this stuff, but I guess you just can't. Uh, especially when you're accused of something and you're not even a part of it. Um, so a person that I know who will remain um, unnamed, uh, because I don't choose to go down the road that this person chooses to go down. Um, there was a statue, uh, I think it was somewhere down by Louisiana or Houston or, you know, where the storm is, right? Mm -hmm. That got ripped apart and blown over from the hurricane. And um, this person made a statement on Facebook. See, even God is tearing down these racist statues or or whatever, you know. And I, I said something to the effect of, you know, and I believe this. I mean, if, if there is something inappropriate that needs to be changed, um, there are methods to go about that in nonviolent ways. I mean, there are things that you can do. There's petitions you can sign. There's there's things you can do to, to enact something to be removed or whatever. And it was just a suggestion that maybe if there's something wrong with some of these things, instead of destroying public property— and creating violence, maybe there are other ways to go about it. And that made me a racist. And now this person is spreading rumors on the internet that I'm a racist and I'm a bigot. And you know, and I thought, uh, wow, okay. 
And uh, a friend of mine said, hey, Monty, no big deal. Jump in. The water's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so ridiculous. Are you kidding me? So then I was told, because I'm a Christian man, because I'm white, and because I uh, believe in um, the traditional institution of family, that I'm a racist. And somebody says, well, what is your opinion of the traditional institution of family? And I'm like, you know, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even going to, um, you know, sit down and argue that engage. with you. I'm not going to engage. You on know, that. if you're if you're that quick to start throwing labels at people that you have never even met. Yeah. Do they even know what the definition? Of they don't. Racism is no. Well, evidently, if you say you're not a racist, you're a racist. So, okay. It's it's pretty cluttered right now. It, it really is. It, it's just nonsense. Come on. It, it is. You know, so so you know, sometimes on social media you'll hear you'll see a thing that says um two words that you would use to express today or something like that. Well, I mean, somebody said, "Pay attention." Or two words you would use, wish you used growing up. You know, things like that. Mine is just simply grow up. Grow up. I mean, gee, Willikers. Yeah. So there's my wine, I, I guess. I, I don't know. If you're going to label me something, I, I suppose, why not that? I, you know, it, it. Everything's so tender. Let's right combat now. violence with violence. Yeah. I mean, it's a tender box. And this, is, this has nothing to do with whether. Oh, somebody said, well, I could tell who you're voting for. How do you know that? <laughs> You have no, how do you know that? You live in my head? Uh, okay. So, you know, <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? So, uh there you go. That's that's my weekly wine. I mean, and this is coming from people that use that verse in Matthew that says, "Judge not, lest you be judged." What the heck are you doing? <laughs> well, like I've always said, if you know, some people just need to stop calling themselves Christians. Yeah, because by the way, this 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 statement that was made to me is coming from someone who claims to be a born again believer. I'm like, unbelievable. This is I think it was DC Talk in their book, Jesus Freak, made a statement like, This is the kind of behavior that an unbelieving world finds simply unbelievable. Yeah. Huh? You know? I mean, I get it. I get it why people are don't they're going if that's if that's if that's how you're representing Christianity, I want to do with it. I mean I to, I totally understand. What happened to love and tolerance and And in, within grace. recovery, within the recovery community, <laughs> love and tolerance is our code? Really? Did you forget that one, dude? And do that? <laughs> okay. Well, it's like the hate mail we got when we tried to put a little humorous spin on rule 62 and don't think life so seriously uh about all this political stuff uh, you know what i mean you got to keep your sense of humor so um yeah it's too bad but you know what we're going to keep laughing and we're going to keep moving forward and we're going to keep preaching the message that the lie is dead we do recover speaking of which we're going to talk about um this whole thing of moving from recovery into recovered um kind of uh, bounce bounce it off uh each other here as we talk about you can't fix what you don't acknowledge so when we come back we're gonna look into that so don't go away we'll be back uh here in just a minute 
Everybody, did you know that September is National Recovery Month? That's right. And if you'd like to download any of our shows or our archives, simply visit us at Take 12, that's the number 12, Recovery Radio, wherever you subscribe to your podcast. You and I know all too well how talented folks in recovery are. KHLT Broadcasting, the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, and the Recovery Broadcasting Network are handing you the opportunity to share some of that talent. If you've ever written your own songs and have always wanted to share them publicly, here's the chance to share your talent with thousands of people all over the world through Internet Radio. For the next several months, the Monty Man will be reviewing songs written and performed by people in recovery. Whether you're an accomplished musician or a novice, he wants to hear from you. All forms of music will be considered. Adhering to federal copyright laws and possible contractual agreements, some restrictions may apply. To submit your original recovery songs for airplay, send CDs to KHLT, P.O. Box 93, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Or email your music in MP3 format to Take 12 radio at comcast.net. All right, welcome back to the show. The topic this week. Hey, Denver, what do you think? think we About should... a song? Yeah. I, it, it was crossing my mind. I, I Even saw the wheels <laughs> turning. It did. What man. are you guys talking about? About us singing a song. Yeah, we'll put a song together and submit it. I already got a couple. You need to do that. You play do, the guitar. Do, do I? Yes, you do. <laughs> the guitar? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I got the whole month to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like the idea. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's been a long time since I tuned it up, but maybe. <sighs> so the topic this week, you can't fix what you uh, you don't acknowledge. Uh, and, and one of the things that, that, uh, that I discovered in, in my... Uh, 30-day wonder journey when I was relapsing every 30 days there for a long time years ago was that uh, truly I I wasn't convinced I was powerless over substances um, because if I had been convinced of that right I wouldn't have thought I had power over them and that I could control them because every time I relapse like well this time it'll be different this time I'll drink like a gentleman. This time I won't spend so much money. This time I'll only take $40 out of the ATM. This time I'll stay home. You know, all these this times, right? I'm going to control this thing. Which speaks to the the, the fact that I, I believed I had some kind of power over this thing. Um, and so I, I couldn't fix what I didn't acknowledge. I didn't acknowledge I was powerless. Uh, now, we've talked about, and Dave, you and I have talked about this too before, about recovered recovering. And that we're not defined by our illnesses, but at the same time, we can't fix something we don't acknowledge. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to address this word "convinced" that is in uh, between the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the the Alcoholics Anonymous Conference approved book Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions. Um, we need to be absolutely convinced of something before we have a 100% buy-in to it, right? No matter what it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so 
if you're out there and you are struggling and you are wondering why you continue to relapse or, or, or fall into old behaviors, and by the way, if you're doing it now, as Rob Kelly says, it's not old behavior. It's current behavior. Um, and you just are scratching your head and you're like, man, I'm in church uh, every Sunday. I'm in synagogue every, uh, during the Sabbath. I'm I'm in meetings every time the meeting doors are open. I have a sponsor. I'm reading the steps on the wall. I'm drinking tons of bad coffee. Um, I can't figure out why I can't stay clean, why I can't stay sober. You may not be convinced of your malady. You may still think you have power over it, maybe. Uh, so this word convinced, uh, it is it is all over the place in the recovery literature in the 12 and 12. Um, page 23, after a few such experiences, often years before the onset of extreme difficulties, he would return to us convinced. Um, on, on the big book, page 40, the story he told is most instructive for here was a chap absolutely convinced he had to stop drinking. Uh, page 71, we hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. Uh, the family afterwards in the big book, page 135, the others must be convinced of his new stat- status uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt. Uh, big book uh, forward to the second edition, though he could not accept all the tenets of the Oxford groups, he was convinced of the need for a moral inventory. Uh, two wives, page 107, and just as we were being convinced of their heartlessness, they would surprise us with fresh resolves and new attentions. Uh, That's just some of them. I'm going to read some more here in a little bit. But the word convinced is all over the place. Uh, Being convinced we were now at step three, for instance. Um, We have to have a total buy-in on this thing. Now, I want to to open this up for discussion. Uh, How long, I'm going to ask Denver you first, how long was it before you were convinced that you were powerless over alcohol? How long did it take? <laughs> Let's see, I'm 60 now. Right? <laughs> well, working on a few months, you know. It's been a right? while since I had a drink. But, yeah, uh, convinced, huh? Right? Uh, I would talk myself into, uh, I'm convinced I'm not going to drink tomorrow. Guess what I did? I would pick up a bottle the next day. So uh, I don't know exactly when this is happening. Yeah. Because it is happening every day when I wake up. I convince myself that you really can't take a drink because if you start this little roller coaster ride, right, you're off again. So uh, I don't – I won't say it's set firmly in my head, but every day I remind myself – that if I start this, it's gonna, it's gonna get worse. You know, I'm back on the roller coaster. So you know that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And you know that from. Well, I've known that for a long, long time. Right. But still, that urge was there. You know, it's it's a daily thing for me. I I'm really different. Need, I need to. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm unique. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I can get it this time. Term, and, and we call that terminally uniqueness. <laughs> yeah, terminally unique. unique. Yeah. Terminally right. Uniqueness. So, yeah, uh, convinced. So powerful word right there. It is. Yes. 
So is this primarily due to past experiences that you're convinced that? <laughs> yeah, trial and error has really <laughs> proved itself time and time again. So uh, after enough abuse of myself, you know, um, I, I realize I'm, I'm maybe convinced that I can't do it. I can't. Right. I'd love to. You know, I'd like to find the magic solution to where I would be what they call normal drinker. Mm-hmm. I'm not a normal drinker. Right. I will take a bottle and I will abuse it until the end. So, which is interesting because it's really experiential, right? I mean, you have to experience this. But I, you could sit around in a in a recovery club or a, or a 12-step meeting all day long and listen to everybody's stories. And we know there's power in other people's stories. We know that. I mean, when I sponsor somebody, I always have them. Uh, there's a place in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous um, where it, ta- it refers to the stories in the back. And I have them stop and I have them read the stories in the back and see if they can identify with any of that stuff. Um, but by the same token, there's something to be said about experiencing the powerlessness and not just hearing about it or reading about it. Would you agree with that? I, I, I don't know, an error. I don't know and anybody error. that hasn't had to experience it themselves. Before they're convinced. Yeah, right? I mean, if you, yeah. I, I would venture, I would go out on a limb here and say, if you just go to a meeting and hear people, stories and then go okay i'm convinced i'll stop yeah uh, you're not, not real i don't maybe you're not an alcoholic it's not real maybe oh, you, just, you just had a few too many drinks a couple of times and got, acted got a, a little fool trouble and yeah. somebody said maybe you need to go look at this so maybe you abused alcohol but yeah. you may not be allergic to alcohol right anybody can abuse it right sure how long did it take before you were convinced you were powerless over mind alter altering goodies <laughs> oh, goodies i i can remember uh the exact experience that i had yeah that i finally uh was convinced now the, did the i awakening. stop there no but it was uh <clears throat> my normal routine was you know I, I think i've shared this story before is you know i would after work you know, I'd stop at the local convenience store, buy a sure. 64 ounce or 30, whatever the big yeah. gulp cup is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fill it with yeah. whatever. Right. Uh, and then I'd go next door to the liquor store. <laughs> a little ice. And then I'd, you know, <laughs> a little ice, yeah. And, yeah. That, and then I, you know, I'd, I'd get the... I think it was a 750 milliliter fridge pack on the on the outside, the vodka. Yeah, and I'd basically pour out whatever, and it would perfectly fill the cup back up, stick straw in it, and I'd head oh. on down the road uh, on the way home. And I remember this one day, <clears throat> you know, I tried not to to drink at work. It got to be a point where at, at lunchtime or break time, I'd go out to my truck and take a pull. Uh huh. But. <clears throat> It was, uh, I always had this feeling like, you know, this internal, it wasn't like, you know, shaking, like, yeah. you know, you, you you see people like really shaking bad. It was more of an internal thing with me mm-hmm. and having high blood pressure. Um, I used to just kind of, a you know, equated to that, what was going on in my, you know, blood pressure sure. was off or, or uh, um, I just wasn't. I wasn't taking care of 
myself back then. I wasn't taking my medication or anything like that. But yeah. uh, so this one particular day, I'm on my way home and I'm I get down the road. Uh, you know, I have a few uh, pulls off the drink, and about ten minutes down the road, all of a sudden my head cleared up. You know, the 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 vision was clear. You know, um, the the internal shaking was gone, and you know the stuff that I I heard the first time I was in treatment. You know, you can't drink and you can't not drink. And for right. me, that was like the first aha that I really that made sense to you. Believed that I have a problem, right. even though there's lots of evidence <laughs> prior to that. Uh, my my wife could document quite a few instances, uh, but it wasn't until that and that because I had been you know doing the this prayer that I do uh, even long before I got sober. It's like if there's a God. And you want to work in my life, give me a sign. And that Mm -hmm. was my kind of my mantra. And I made a deal with, you know, whatever power was out there that if I had an opportunity to get back into treatment, I was going to make a go of it. Of course, I didn't like turn into the treatment center on the way home. Right. Uh, It took a few more months and, you know, driving on the wrong side of the road in a blackout with my daughter (laughs) in the car uh, before I, you know, got the opportunity to get back in. But uh, that was probably the first time that I actually uh, believed it. Yeah. Because before it was always, I, you know, I'm not ever going to this whole uh, powerless thing. Right. I don't buy into that. You know, I have the power to pick up the drink or not pick up the drink. Now. Well, that's before I believe that too. It's like, I choose not to, I choose to pick it up, but I do. I'm not going to, because in my life story, yeah, you know, there's times where I've been powerless over things that have happened in my life and mm-hmm. about that. I was never going to let that anybody or anything control me or have power over me. And so that was, that was my biggest stumbling block is that whole, the first step is like, you know, admitting you're powerless. Cause when I first thought of powerless, I thought you're powerless over basically everything. Like I'm, I'm I can't control anything. I can't have, I don't have power over anything, which is not true. And I know that it, in, in, you know, intellectually. Um, but it wasn't until I was, uh, it, you know, the whole disease concept. Right. Then I actually, I, I can buy into this because I believe that, you know, diseases can be, you know, arrested or reversed or cured or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm, mm-hmm. I can buy into that what my personal knowledge is. I can say, okay, then I can buy into that. So, so, so my take on this thing was I had to be convinced that I was powerless and that I had lost the power and choice. Because if I wasn't powerless... Why would I seek a power? Made no sense. If I'm not powerless, I have no need for a power. The truth was, though, I did need a power. But before I actually would seek that power, I had to be convinced I was powerless. Right. It, you know, and and I had, you know, the big book calls it those strange mental blank spots where you're going about your day and all of a sudden you find yourself at the bar stool again, pounding your fist on the table going, how did I get here? 
you know, um, I had come to a place where I no more could choose not to drink than turn myself into a rock. I didn't have the ability to choose not to. I had lost the power in choice. Um, and I and I believe, and I think this proves out, uh, I, I believe it had to do with the change in, in DNA in my thinking. Yeah, it has to be a psychic change. It, yeah, there had to be a psychic change that happened. And, and um, because of, of what was going on in my brain, um, that, had to, that had to completely change. Now, today... Um, today I believe I do have the power and I, I believe, I, I don't believe that, that true recovery teaches that you're going to be powerless over mind altering substances for the rest of your life. I, I believe it teaches that you have the, you, you will come to a place where God will do for you what you can't do for yourself. That was what my dilemma was. And then he did that. And then he gave me the the opportunity to through obedience to him to tap into the power and now i can do that because the dna in my brain has changed my thinking has changed and so now it it's still not my power it's his power but i i have the ability to tap into that power therefore i'm no longer powerless right therefore i have recovered right from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Am I still allergic to booze? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course I am. Um, but I had to be be convinced. Now, uh, reading a few more, convinced. The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. That's in How It Works, page 60 in the big book. Uh, Thus was I convinced that God is concerned with us humans when we want him enough. That's in Bill's story, page 12. If you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself. That's in Working with Others, page 96. In the 12 and 12, step 3, page 39. By now, though, the chances are that he has become convinced that he has more problems than alcohol. Right. That's true. Well, I, 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 I used to have this, you know, you probably can can re- relate to this, but, you know, I used to say if everybody would just do things my way, everything would be fine. Sure. You're like that actor that thinks he's the director. Right. I yeah. had to actually remove myself from my family. Right. And because it's like they weren't doing their part. They weren't fixing themselves. So I have to get away from that situation in order mm-hmm. to have sanity. And it took me a while, but, you know, I yeah. learned that it, you know, no matter where you go, there you are. Yeah, of course. Kind of thing. You, you know, go it's to the like, moon, but you're going to be there, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The things may have, you know, everybody's got issues, right? Yeah. But my issues uh, made everything else 100 50 times worse. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go and take a break and fix myself. I had to go off on my own little walkabout or whatever and, right. and fix myself um, before I could do anything else. I had to sure. figure out my own stuff and love myself before I could love anybody else. Yeah. So I- got to take care of the plant before you can take care of someone else, right? <laughs> 
So, so well, yeah, and then there's that 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 thing that some, many sponsors will do. You know, well, you get into a relationship. Huh? Well, I'll tell you what. Here's a plant. Keep it alive for a year. And if you can keep it alive, then you can buy a dog or a cat. And if you can keep them alive for two years, then you can start dating. Now, that's nowhere in the recovery literature. It's kind of a cutesy thing. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of interesting, right? If you can't take care of the basic stuff that is in your immediate circle, how in the heck are you going to involve anybody else in your life and take care of anything else? And, and until I could... Um, until I could admit my alcoholism, I wasn't going to address it. Right. I, I, I knew when, when I had a problem when I basically, you know, I'm making a big old pot of chili, you know, the big. Yeah. And I wake up to Burn. the house filled with smoke. <laughs> oh, no. And Burn. the chili was gone except for a charcoal. <laughs> and my cat was nowhere to be seen. So, <laughs> oh, Dave. That's funny. Oh, my goodness. Um, step seven, page 72 of the 12 and 12, for just as long as we were convinced that we could live exclusively by our own individual strength and intelligence, for just that long was a working faith in a higher power impossible. So when you think you can do this on your own intellect uh, without a power greater than yourself, you'll never develop a relationship with a power greater than yourself. Uh, we are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our type are in the grip of a progressive illness. Um, I had I had to concede in my innermost being that I was alcoholic, that I had a medical condition. That was there moral issues surrounded around it? Sure, there were, but primarily I had a medical condition that other people don't have. There was a spiritual solution to it. But I had to, Dave, I had in in Denver, I had to understand the problem before I could understand the solution. And then once I understood the solution, I had to have a deeper understanding of the problem. Right. In order to maintain a healthy state of recovered. And I think that's where a lot of people stumble is not seeking that deeper understanding of the problem. Right. If I just go to meetings and I stop drinking and I get a job then everything will be fine. Yeah. Which inevitably is not. Is a very incomplete recipe for success. (laughs) Yeah. And we see people do this all the time, though, don't we? Oh, I see it all the time. See people stay in relationships that they, that they know are unhealthy, but they stay in it because they think that they don't have any other choice or other option and they don't want to be alone. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll turn. They'll turn. They'll turn some of their will. Uh, I, I like how Doctor Rob Kelly refers to the will. These are your choices. <laughs> right. They'll turn. They'll turn some of their choices over to the care of God, and some of their life over to the care of God. But God, you you can't have this piece. You can have all these other pieces, but you can't have her. Well, that that's where sometimes we people in recovery get get stuck because. It's like, yes, I'm going to turn it over. Like, I'm going to turn that person over. Right. And I'm going to stay in that relationship, and God will fix them. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so is that really turning them over? Not really. Well, it, it depends on, you know, how 
what your boundaries are and other things. Well, and, yeah. and I mean, there's a whole lot that's a little more. You may be married, you may be committed to your marriage and right. you're staying in it and so forth. But you and I, Deborah, you've seen this too. And the people we've worked, all three of us have worked with over the years. People staying, you know, they're, they're ha- they got a shack up honey on the side and they're trying to fix them. Right. And they're taking them down. They're taking their kids down. But my, by God, they're going to change that person. It's what I call missionary dating. As long as I keep dating this person, they'll see God in me and I'll change them. (laughs) Why would they not change if I'm this great person and doing all these things for them? And yeah, I'm doing everything right. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not you. It's them. A lot of the times. Yeah, and, and and so you have I, to fix yourself. They have to fix themselves. So then you have to come together and not being able to fix what I don't acknowledge is because I won't acknowledge what's wrong. Right. You know, at some point, I mean, what Alanon has, I, I probably get the order wrong, but you didn't cause it. You can't cure it. You can't control it. Right. Oh yes, I can. I I caused it. It's all my fault. So I need to fix it. And by God, if I can't be in control of it, then I lose myself. And there we find emotional dependency right. happening, and then we're back to drinking and using it's, again. And, and sometimes, well, most of the time, in order to figure out what the problems are, you have to actually do the work. You have to get a sponsor. Yeah, imagine and that. Do the step work and and discover what some of that stuff is. Because I know along the way, I've you know over the years, you know, have things have come up that I totally forgot about or didn't know, and had sometimes had to even add people remind me of things that I did in the past that totally were out of my brain. Yeah. So sometimes we have to, you know, we have to do that work. Right. You know, and for me, that was part of the problem is I wasn't willing to do the work that was suggested. I was doing my work. Yeah. So when people say I'm working my program, I believe them. Right. I believe them. Denver, what do you think about all this? It's a plateful. <laughs> uh, I don't think any of us want to be weak, you know, and I don't even care to use that word a lot, but powerless. Uh, yeah, that's where I ended up in life when I finally came to grips that I'm powerless over this alcoholism. Yeah. Uh, I would resolve myself not to drink that day, not that hour. And sure enough, like we've said, you pull into a liquor store or wherever, and there you are again, doing the same thing over and over. Right. It, it's crazy insanity how it works. But when when I come to the conclusion that I really don't have much control over this mm-hmm. and came to uh, a higher power. A dependency on that on, on, on the power. On the power right. over the alcohol. Right. Things got better. They do. And I think... It's, it's still a struggle always in life, you know. I mean, it, it, it's not difficult anymore. Yeah, but it, it's still lo- it, it's uh, in the back of my head. It's always looming. You better you clamors. better watch it. You better watch it. Now. Yeah, it still clamors for your attention, right? Yes. Yeah, you have to be aware that it's there, and and stay in tune with that. And yeah, you got to be on your game. Well, that's that's why we stay plugged into recovery, right? So that we get you, those reminders, right? Like, so, like-minded fellowship, things like that. Just yeah. if you're in contact with uh, 
healthy the, people. The positive, the positive. Yeah. Right. You're going to stay positive. Especially now. I mean, we are inundated yes. with the negative. Right now. Right. You yeah. know, probably the worst thing that a person that is either recovered or in or in the process of recovering from uh, substance use disorder, for instance, there's all sorts of addictions, but just pick on that one. Probably the worst thing you can do right now is sit yourself in front of the boob tube. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. I, I, I really, because we can argue all day long <laughs> which network is lying, which is telling the truth, which is stretching They're the truth, the which same. isn't, all, all that stuff. We can talk about, uh, um, you know, all, all these things. You know, we kind of tongue-in-cheek the fact that I'm now officially a racist um, in the <laughs> weekly wine. But we don't want to stay there. We don't. We, that's why I said we. Well, we just keep moving on, right? Um, because if you do that, I have a I have a really good friend, uh, my buddy Brent, who li- who lives in um, I think he's still in Colorado. He's not drinking. He's he's abstinent, but he's not in recovery, right? He sits himself. I am told by his son that he sits himself in front of the computer, in front of the TV, and he is constantly watching this garbage being spewed across the screen about all the junk that's going on. You know, you fill your head with this stuff, you become what you fill your head with. Toxic. Right. You become toxic. Yes. Uh, I have a friend, uh, and I'm going to speak to, for those of you who were not, of the Christian persuasion who are not followers of Jesus, please bear with me. Don't tune us out right now, but just just bear with me. Um, we all here are, are people that uh, we call ourselves Christians. We call ourselves followers of Christ. We have turned our will and our lives over to the care of Jesus as we continue in our understanding of him, which is a continuing process in our lives. Right, guys? Correct. Yeah, yeah. We we continue to grow, um, and I want to speak. I want to speak to those of you of that faith that wonder why in the heck. I mean, you're going to meetings, you're going to church, you're doing this stuff. You believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have acknowledged your mm-hmm. dilemma, and you still fall into the same behavior. And I'm not talking about once in a while. I'm talking about on a pretty regular basis. And you, you're just you're you're at the point where you're throwing yourself under the bus, and you're you know this rock you're carrying around, you're just beating yourself up with it. Um, I want I want to share this this letter I wrote to a friend of mine who recently now I I've known this gentleman, um, since he was sixteen seventeen years of age, and uh, he's been married, has several kids, um, and he has. He gave his life. He turned his will and his life over to the care of Christ. He's been in recovery. He's he, he has attended. I say attended because he really hasn't done the work, but he's attended meetings for years and gone to church and that whole thing. And yet he finds himself continually falling back into destructive behaviors. Well, I received a uh, received a letter from him that was apologizing for not staying in contact, but he wanted to bring me up to date because he was embarrassed. He is now in prison. His earliest release date is uh, 2025. Mm. 
Um, but he could be in there as long as 20 years. <clears throat> he got high. He was playing shack up honey with some gal. Another guy was also playing shack up honey with the same gal. He got mad, got high, and he burned the guy's house down. Was thank, the guy in it? No, thank <laughs> God nobody was hurt. <clears throat> I, when this happens to people that we love and we try to try to help, I mean, it can be very frustrating, right? Um, and, and so in my brain, I went over. I, I wrote this letter to him a million times. And I tore them all up because it, until I wrote this one, I really hadn't prayed about it. And I hadn't asked God, what do you want me to say? Because I didn't know what to say. I was going to chew them out. I, was, I mean, all this stuff. And it just wasn't the love of the Lord. Right? So I prayed about it. And I feel very strongly that God gave me these words. And, and I want to share this with the listeners because... Um, you may be able to identify with this. I know I certainly do. <clears throat> and this speaks to acknowledging our condition. Um, I'll skip the intro on here. I, 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 this is the second paragraph. I feel prompted to share with you the truth of Scripture that once you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and received his salvation, it cannot be taken out of your life Regardless of your behavior, you and I did not earn our salvation through our behavior, and we can't lose it through our behavior. When Jesus said, it is finished, the price was paid once and for all, and the gift of salvation became a free gift to all who would receive it. But we did not earn it, and we can't lose it. Your position in Christ is secure. Now, there is a huge difference between your position, which is secure, and your condition, which is way out of whack. Brother, our salvation is not in question here, but the condition of our hearts and the purpose for which we have been saved, well, that's kind of messed up due to our choices, due to our sinful nature. The greatest news, I'm sorry, the great news is our condition can begin to line back up with our position the more we submit to his purpose in our lives. That purpose is and always has been to be of maximum service to God and the people he puts in our lives, starting with our families, even our broken families. I hope you always remember that the state of your condition is never a prerequisite to your position in God. Our position was completed by the Lord and cannot be undone by man. So, this brings me it brings into question why do we continue to do the things we have always done that destroy our lives? Well, it's a pretty easy question to answer. It's because of sin. Uh, this is not at all an excuse, but it is a reason. I can never fix what I would not acknowledge. I listened for years to well-meaning Christians tell me, don't call yourself an addict or an alcoholic. So for years, I argued with the Apostle Paul when he said that he boasted of his weakness. Why in the world would I ever argue with him? Because I believe the misin I, I did believe the misinterpretation of 2 Corinthians 5.17, which reads, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. 
Behold, all things have become new. So why did I still struggle with sin if all things had passed away? Because this scripture is in reference to our spiritual position, not our human condition. If we were talking about our human condition, then once we were saved and in Christ, we would never experience sickness again, heartbreak, the need to wear glasses, have to work for a living, etc. In short, sin would never again be part of our lives. But we know that that just isn't true. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10, But he said to me, "My this is God saying to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. That is why, for the sake of Christ, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So the author of the majority of the New Testament says that he boasts of his weakness and that he is made strong. Therefore, I have no problem making the public declaration that I am an alcoholic. I recovered, yes, but an alcoholic just the same. It is my weakness and I will forever boast of it. For in doing so, I am acknowledging my condition and therefore I begin to heal, made whole again, and made strong. But I can never forget that though all things are made new in my spiritual self, I will always contend with my flesh until Christ returns. This, of course, is not a license to sin. In fact, if I am truly in Christ, there will be change. New fruit will begin to be produced, and it will become evident to others as well as myself of that change. Now, when I sin, I can't stay in that behavior very long because it goes against the Spirit of God that lives within me. So my question to those who struggle with the same things repeatedly with no apparent change is, have you truly surrendered to Christ? Have you truly acknowledged your condition? Are you truly born from above? It is a question everyone who says they are a follower of Christ must ask themselves, for though we always struggle with the flesh, if we are truly born again, that will be evidence of it. Our spiritual DNA will change. I don't believe that a person can continue to thumb their nose at God, claim to be a Christian, and still pick and choose what they will obey and what they will not. That is not the walk of a true believer. Do we struggle and fall into disobedience now and then? Of course we do. But there is a huge difference between falling and declaring our right to do whatever we want, regardless of what God instructs us to do. So have we acknowledged our condition? Because without doing so, it'll never get fixed. So that's what I sent to him. And uh, because I know this guy, I know he beats himself up terribly, right? And he struggles. Am I still saved? Yeah. If you truly are, you are. Um, if you've turned your will and your life over to Jesus Christ and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, uh, you are. But your condition may still be a mess. And quite frankly, guys, my condition is still a mess. At the foot of the cross, the playing field is level. And I still got a lot of work to do. How about you?
Oh, yeah. Daily. Daily. <laughs> Daily. Yeah. Daily. Exactly. <laughs> Every morning. <laughs> I just try to be, you know, mm. it's, it's, I try to keep in the forefront of my brain every day that, you know, I try to help someone else. Yeah. You know, be of service, be of maximum service to my fellows. Yeah. You know, whoever they may be. Um, and, and you know, here's the, here's the thing. And not try to like, you know, steer where that goes. It's like I'm just right. Not trying to control there it. Yeah, to help and you know, we'll see where how what happens. But but make no mistake. I you know, even though I I can admit that I have a medical condition called alcoholism, it doesn't define me. And there's a big difference because there's a lot of people in the rooms of recovery. They're they're allowing that to define who they are. Right. I am not defined by my character defects. I'm not defined by my illnesses. I'm diabetic. I'm not defined by that. But we run around, right, Dave? We talked about this before. Run yeah. around like, you know, we're we're doomed because we're addicts, or we're doomed because, and so we we carry it around like a badge of honor. In self-destructive well, mode. Yeah, some are negative. I mean, I, I look at mine as I embrace my my life experience because it's Thank turned you. me into the person that I am today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Right? I, I not, you know, I can't go back and fix anything. It's Right. It's, it's a done, done deal. It's a done deal. But I, you know, uh, and, and, and I've never really... Uh, have beaten myself up for too long. Um, so I think I've always had that component in my DNA is like, and, and now, but now I'm, I'm after being, you know, getting into recovery and getting recovered, I'm able to look at the whole process from where the earliest memory is until now. And it's like this plan, yeah, you know, that, that uh, my higher power God has, is had for my life. It's just, I've decided to take, you know, some turns along the way and trying to figure it out. Right. Yeah. Um, being given bad information along the way until I, I finally, you know, and now I'm, I'm like, okay, I can't go back and fix anything. I can't change anything. You know, but because of what I've been through, it's made me to the person I am today. And I wouldn't be able to, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And and thus the statement, we, we don't regret the past or wish to shut the door on it. Right. Be- right. Because if we do, how how in the heck are we going to share our experience, strength, and hope with somebody who's still suffering? Yeah, and if I, you're if you're full of shame all the time, and you can't you can't fully recover, yeah, and you can't help anyone else because you're still stuck in your own stuff. I, I, I think becoming comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. is so valuable. When you finally get to a stage in your life and you realize who you are, and this is the way I am, right. You can work with that. You know, the regrets go... I right. mean, I, I've made bad mistakes, and I there's a, a little piece of me that says, I wish I hadn't. Mm-hmm. But if I hadn't made that mistake, who knows where I would have been. You know, it had steered my path this way. Yeah. Not that way. Right. We we, we, we preach a lot of, uh, of doom and gloom in the 12-step rooms a lot of times, and, and the deal of it is... The, the fact is you can recover. I mean, it, the 
most of most of the mainstream programs say you know admit the fact that there were a fellowship of people who have recovered right from this thing you, you know so i can recover the fumble in the game am i still in the game yeah but i've recovered the fumble i i hear so often well i'm never going to recover wow what a what a horrible state to live in right that's We're, like neg- i mean that's like living in a negative state i know for the rest of your life because I, and that's why a lot of people will relapse because, like, if there's no light at the end of the tunnel, right? For me to get to, there's no goal line, and we're talking about picking up a fumble. Yeah. If there's no goal in sight, I'm never going to get there. What's the point? Just get off the tracks then, and just right. just live your life in misery in the tunnel. And unfortunately, a lot of people in the rooms will perpetuate that lie. So again. You cannot fix what you don't acknowledge. Right. I need to acknowledge the fact that I do recover. If I will do the work, if I will co- cooperate with my higher power, with my creator, and do what he instructs, I will experience a state of recovered, and my DNA in my brain will change. Something happens. There's a complete psychic change. Something happens in my heart. Something happens in my brain, right? And I change. And and you know, you know, you're not tempted first. You have desire first. Desire happens. It gives way to temptation. Temptation gives way to sin. Sin gives way to death, right? So my desire actually starts to change. And then the things that tempted me, they're not so tempting anymore, because my thinking has changed. And it's revolutionary, guys. Some people, it takes different amounts of time than others, right? Sometimes mm. quickly, sometimes slowly, right. that kind of thing. Don't give up. Keep pressing in because change does happen. But I can't, I'm, I'm not going to fix that if I don't acknowledge the fact that, you know, we just don't acknowledge our malady, but we have to acknowledge our solution too. So my friend who's in prison, he can experience the solution of God's grace, and God can use him in mighty ways in that institution like he hasn't been able to use him in other places, regardless of what got him there. If he allows himself. If he allows himself to do that. Because his position in God, it's set. Well, I don't know about you, but, you know, God uses jail and prison to correct people. Oh, yeah. It's not perfect, but what is? Right. Any closing thoughts, my fine friends? Never? Not, not really a lot. Turn the TV <laughs> off. Yeah, turn the turn TV, the TV off. off. Yeah, click out CNN. Get Go it outside, <laughs> get some sun, play with your dogs, play with your kids. Plant some flowers. Oh, I was in the sun way too much yesterday. I don't Pull know. Pull some I'm, weeds. I'm down for the sun. I don't know who wrote this song, but I know John Denver made it popular years ago, and I I can't remember the name of it, but in the verse was, blow up the TV, throw away the paper, eat a lot of peaches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I remember that song either. Uh, That was great. Maybe I'll dig it up. (laughs) All right. Uh, Our closing song uh, this week is by Ben Real. It's called One of These Days. (laughs) 
So if you're one of these people that, well, one of these days I'll acknowledge my malady. One of these days I'll acknowledge the fact that there's a solution. Yeah, but for right now I'm going to sit in my misery. All right, well, that's that's your that's your choice, I guess. Um, but anyway, uh, kind of a fun song. Been real, benreal.com. One of these days. Peace. 
Ben Real. To visit his website and get some more of his great music, visit him at benreal, R-E-E-L, dot com. Listen, if you'd like to download or listen to about three and a half hours worth of the best in recovery music by some of the most phenomenal recovery recording artists on the planet. Visit us at Take12Radio.com. Scroll down to the Recovery Music banner. Click on that, and there you'll see uh, two productions that we put together a couple years ago that have become so popular, we decided to keep them up. I know you'll enjoy it, and it will be an encouragement for you. Listen, if you'd like to make a donation at this time, uh, we would appreciate it. We are up against the wall as far as paying our bills to keep us on the air. It's all volunteer here. So we are, uh, well, we're asking for your help. Simply visit us at take12radio.com. Scroll down to the bottom left of the page and there's a donate button there. If you click on that, it'll show you how you can contribute if you wish to do so. Until our next broadcast, This is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow.